Since my previous blog post, I was surprised at the number of people, near and far, who reached out. Some told their own while others shared someone else's story. In the end, we all have the same story. And yet some still startled me. I don't understand why I was shocked because nothing new was shared. When listening to them, I fought the urge to sound despondent. I was sad over a few but one pierced my heart. It stopped me in my tracks. I had to pause from my daily activities and rest my mind. I played the words repeatedly in my mind only to arrive at the same response, there is no way. It took time to relieve myself of the tension building up. It rattled my faith. I am naive to think believers are exempt from living a double life. There is no judgment here because I know I am not innocent. I was merely sad, and it hit too close to home. The people involved are not related to me but are childhood friends. And it took me back to those years when we were all pure and innocent. I had no advice or words to share. I don't think I was able to find a way back from despair to hope. Yet I know deep in my heart, there is always hope. There are many what-if questions. You can fill in the blank. Circumstances have a way of blinding you from seeing the light. It is hard to look past tough issues. It is harder to step aside and look at the bigger picture. Recently, a psychiatrist tried to convince me that Middle Eastern women were enslaved to their religion. They were held captive by their religious upbringing. She argued the Bible was outdated and it was unfair for wives to stay in an unhappy marriage because the church deceived them into thinking it was a lifelong commitment. She further debated the negative impact religion had on a person's mind. She believed it was the driving force of mental illness, making people go crazy. She argued that women who fight to salvage their marriage become bitter and angry. This doctor devotes her career to empower women to release them from their bondage, marriage. This was tough to digest. It was not easy to hear her perspective but admittedly, I understand it. It becomes clearer daily why she draws that conclusion. But again, please know, these posts are not for those who made decisions. I cannot speak to that because I don't know you or your situation. These posts are for those who are still in it or will be. Of course, anger and bitterness will take hold of any person who is wounded by someone they once loved. Betrayal, abuse, addiction, infidelity and any weapon that attacks a marriage will drastically change both spouses. It leaves a scar, an imprint, a memory that may never fade. What if that's what happened to you? Now what do you do? Well, if I had the answer to that question, I would be the smartest and wealthiest person. So I don't have the answer because my 27 years of marriage are not enough to impart wisdom on you. Therefore, in my research I learned from someone else. And you know what is odd? He was never married so it's bittersweet to read his words. For some reason, his words gave me peace. His knowledge enlightened me. He was wise. Above all else, his words are perfectly aligned with scripture. You may or may not like what he has to say. I struggled with some parts. If you have the Holy Spirit within you, rely on its power to overcome your mind and disperse thoughts that imprison you. What I want to go back and tell that brilliant doctor is that marriage is not what holds us bondage. The battle is not between husband and wife. It is a spiritual warfare and you can only see the spiritual battle through the Holy Spirit. Happy reading. There is no relationship between humans as close as that of a husband and wife, if they are united in love as they ought to be. This bond is so strong that it is the force that binds society. Together. Man will take up arms and even sacrifice their lives for the sake of this love. St. John Chrysostom was a bishop, a renowned preacher, and one of the church's most celebrated theologians. In his day he was also considered one of the most important witnesses to the Catholic faith. And, he wrote beautifully on the sacrament of marriage as you can read in this homily. Christian tradition often seems to give only grudging approval to the married life, 
particularly its sexual aspect. In these sermons of St. John Chrysostom we find an important corrective to this view. Although himself a monk, Chrysostom had a profound understanding of the needs of his congregation. Inspired by the epistles to the Corinthians and Ephesians, he discusses the reasons God instituted marriage, primarily to promote holiness of the husband and wife, and only secondarily to produce children. Chrysostom goes on to discuss sexual relations, the mutual responsibilities of marriage, and parenting. While parts of Chrysostom's sermons may seem limited to his own time, the vast majority of his advice has timeless relevance for the Christian family. Greater than on Christian marriage St. John Chrysostom, 347-407 AD. Click to access street percent 20 John percent 20 Chrysostom percent 20 on percent 20 marriage.pdf. I pray that after you read this post and John Chrysostom's words, you will spend time letting God guide you as you make tough decisions.